it seems like a lot of the best weightlifters really did have a defined why. Mm. And I heard a lot of them say that they were very much driven by insecurity. So a desire to be the best. And they're like, I have all these like emotional hangups. Like I need to be the best. I need to prove other people wrong. Mm. I need to do this. And I don't have any of that. Mm. Like I've never felt that way. I'm not, I'm a competitive, I'm a very competitive person. Mm. But I also don't give a shit about what other people think. Mm. I'm not trying to impress anyone. Alrighty guys, welcome back to another episode of Adventure Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was nice. So, guys, this week on the show, it is a beautiful morning, uh, well, afternoon, I should say, here in uh, Springfield. No, no, in Melbourne, Australia. And today we had a ripping show for y'all. It was Dan Katz, Danny Boy. He's a good friend of the show. He's a weightlifter. He's actually currently competing or uh, going to compete in the Commonwealth Trials. So he's a sensational weightlifter, but he's a good friend of the show. And today we had him co-hosting for a, uh, a show with Steve Monaghetti, another Skype interview as well. Danny Boy and I got into a pretty, pretty deep uh, shoot the shit episode. We spoke about everything from North Korea and Trump to religion to uh, ancient civilization theory with Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson to the Holocaust to training. It's a really interesting show and uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. This sort of stuff is what I love to do on the show. It's exploring ideas, exploring ideologies, and um, I'm just fascinated with getting my mind blown, really. So the the that that's kind of the direction that I would like the show to go as well. I love that sort of stuff. Like I love talking about fitness and all that sort of thing, all that sort of thing, but I love the stuff that really makes me think. So that's the show that we did for you today, guys. Now, our sponsors, quick word from our sponsors, Audible Trial, Audible, fuck, I've already cooked it. <laughs> Audible is a, a massive, massive library hub of tons and tons and tons of books. I think it's 200,000 plus. It's an app, guys. You download the book and you just get it into you. It's, uh, if you think about this, right? So we've been listening to stories for thousands and thousands of years. Only very recently in uh, the course of human history have we started reading things. So listening to things is just, if not a better way to receive information than reading. So Audible helps you in just that way. It's a great way to get some information into you by reading books or listening to books rather. Um, You can do it through self-help, you can do fiction, you can do non-fiction, you can do business, travel, whatever you want. Um, I listen to Audible when I'm working. I'm a a plasterer and I just get all my books in on the site from uh, 7 to 3 every day, and I feel so much more inspired and educated with uh, every book I download. So if that sounds like something you want to do, guys, go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash ADBF radio, and you will receive one free credit for any book when you sign up to their $14.99 monthly subscription. Also, too, guys, we are sponsored by, as always, Adventure for Travel. So... Adventure for Travel, guys, is a travel company for the fitness community, and it is something that my good friend and co-host, Bill, founded. It is something that I love to say that I'm a part of as an employee of travel and obviously co-founder of Adventure Fit Radio. Uh, guys, we have a ton of good fucking travel things coming up for you. So we have the second trip of uh, Iceland and the Aurora coming up. That's something that Mac and myself will be leading. We have Australia and New Zealand coming up next year, as well as private trips and Papua New Guinea next year as well. So if you want to be a part of an awesome, epic adventure fitness holiday, head to www.adventuretravel.com. You will also receive 10% when you use the code 
uh, word radio for any of the merch that we have on there. It's a um, fantastic uh, experience on the website, guys. So until then, jump on board. And for now, I give you Dan Katz. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. Thoughts on foreplay, Dan? Um, as little as possible. Yeah, straight in, straight out. Stuck into the yeah. action. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some people are different. Oh, guys, uh, welcome back to Adventure Radio. <laughs> in case I honestly think foreplay is like one of those, it's like some people are into it, some people are just like, all right, that's enough of that. Yeah. I, I really feel like you could almost like draw a line between genders on this topic. Like I, from what I've heard, stereotypically speaking, chicks love foreplay. Dudes love getting in, getting out. Like, it's evolution, you know? Yeah. Chicks are, I would say, I would say, you know, could cop a bit of flack for this, but, like, they're more emotionally intuitive and foreplay comes with building up those emotions and men are just yeah. very much like, spread the seed, get in, chuck it up there, get it out. Yeah, and having said this, I've talked about this with people. I mean, there's a difference between coming and coming. That's true. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, Like, you, yeah. you got a load off, but you didn't really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or it could be like, done. that was good. Yeah. But you, it was the same result yeah, either yeah. way, but somehow it's different. I don't oh, know. absolutely. And, like, foreplay obviously does help with that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, when you, when you and I were doing it before, I definitely felt... <laughs> <laughs> I just felt... Yeah, I felt... Uh, <laughs> You felt like it was good. I don't know. I'm looking at you, you know, with a new lens, some would say. <laughs> <laughs> with a new cock. <laughs> with a new- <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sh- so sure if it's with guys that's so much like emotional or if mm. it's just like sort of time under tension. <laughs> like <laughs> how long you've had a boner for yeah. determines how, how good that's it so comes true. to be. Yeah, that, that, that. I'm not sure if it's like an emotional thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously the old uh, hummus doesn't have a... Uh, a brain, but... Uh, no, that's I true. I mean, there is such a thing as thinking with your knob, though. Like, you know when you 100%. reach a certain point... I do you, it most of the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who's pressing these buttons on the computer? Yeah, you dick. Yeah, yeah you got it in your hand. Yeah. We all know you Steve. Yeah, Steve is. Yeah, it's Steve. not even metaphorical. You're actually, actually doing it. It's actually... Out actually right doing it with your dick. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's getting weird. <laughs> I put it away. <laughs> oh, so, guys, um, we've got the great uh, Daniel Katz. The great um, one. Yeah. The great Dan Katz. The infamous Dan Katz. Infamous. Yeah. Infamous, yeah. The, uh, he's uh, he's doing Bill's job today. Actually, he's co-hosting. So, it's um, it's the Bone and Katzy on for the show. And um, Katzy... Uh, How's it been, mate? You uh, filled in with Steve Monaghetti. How'd you go? Enjoyed it? Yeah, it was good. I yep. mean, I was just, I, I asked a few questions, but I didn't really do anything. It was yep. like, I was just kind of taking a back seat. Yeah. Letting Steve take the reins. <laughs> take <and> the reins. <laughs> go nuts. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that that's good. the good thing about podcasting, man, is like, you and I, I would say you and I are pretty matey now. Yeah. Because of the podcast. Exactly. Like, I met you on the show and then 
I think I trained like once or twice with you, but then we just became mates from just talking shit on the show. I know, being forced to talk to each other. Exactly, yeah. Going, Actually, I like this guy. Yeah, this guy's all right. <laughs> I hate him, but he's cool. It's, it's almost like a play date. Yeah. Like exactly. an adult play date. Exactly. Don't do the podcast with Tommy. Okay. Okay. All right, mum. Just get my mum to organise podcasts for me. Yeah, with a the podcast other boys. date. <laughs> podcast. No homo, no homo, no homo. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so mate, what's been happening? Um, training, you've stacked on a bit of weight since? Yeah, yeah nothing really much has changed. I'm still just training lots. You know, yeah, I, I got Commonwealth Games trials in I don't know eight weeks or something mm. like that. So I'm building towards that, but I've also got like uni exams coming up. So yep. I'm like pretty getting pretty smashed there as well. Yeah, so my life's pretty boring and routine to be honest. Yeah, so just, yeah. I yep. mean, I'm, I th- I'm sure most people. I mean, fuck, I hate getting asked the question, like, how you going? Yeah. What have you been up to? It's yeah. like, the same shit. Yeah, exactly. It's literally the same shit I've been doing <laughs> since I was 13. Yeah, exactly. Playing a bit of guitar, Watch training. Watching excessive amount of porn. <laughs> Just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, excessive. Yeah. I mean, not by my standards, yeah, no, but no. probably excessive based on the amount of time in a day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, if you can devote... Yeah, do you know what? I've just gone philosophical here. How much <laughs> is, like, a general amount of what, what 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 would you consider like an excessive amount of porn watching like by the by the general standard would you say excessive yeah because right well, if so, it actually interferes with your life yeah that well then it becomes negative yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. excessive i mean if you enjoy it and it's like <laughs> i don't know if it's your job if it's your job to watch porn i don't know if it's like wouldn't that be a job? You know, people can't hang out with you. You can't do yeah. this because you're just watching porn. Because I know, like, legit people get addicted to it. Oh, totally, man. Totally. I mean, I don't know anyone who has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, when I used to have sick days at school, I think <laughs> pretty much that's all I did. <laughs> but that's different. I didn't Mom, have any responsibilities. Again. The seventh time this week. There's oh, only five days in a fucking week for, the, for school, <laughs> but you, you're just on. <laughs> but, oh. man, you know, like, um, in year six, right, they gave us uh, they gave us the whole sort of porn's bad, you know. There's actually a uh, a really interesting concept behind this, and um, I think it was Ted Bundy. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just we've gone deep now. We've gone deep. Ted Bundy, yeah, you know the serial killer. Yeah, what about him? So I'm pretty sure it was Ted Bundy, the Australian dude. Or was no, it the you're thinking of Ivan Marriage, man. No, no, who was the Ted? Ted Bundy was the American guy, wasn't he? Yeah, who was studying a double law degree. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think it was him. But anyway, I'm pretty sure it said money, guys. Forgive me if I'm wrong. But anyway, there was this serial, very famous serial killer in uh, in the US, like 70s, 80s, I think. Yeah. He was a uh, tall, attractive, handsome dude, double law degree, very, very intellectual. And he was responsible for the rape and murder of maybe 40 girls, 40 women, 40, yeah, 50 women. Fucked. Like an insane, like just a horrendous yeah. human being. But he actually attributed this completely to the uh, progressive aggression of of modern porn. So he said that when he was about 14 or 15, he found a porn mag in one of the neighbor's bins mm. and he uh, obviously loved it because obviously it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. But he said that he became addicted to the the increasing like aggression of it and he became more and more addicted to like- That's because he's a psychopath. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. So this is, this is literally my point, what you just said. So like- in year six, they were giving us that. We we were supposed to watch this documentary about yeah. porn's really bad. Like, look, it can lead to violence and it objectifies women. And to some degree, that's absolutely true, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, ha- we had a porn star on the show that was talking about 
Uh, Yasmin Scott, you can look her up. Not that I have, but uh, <laughs> you, can, you can look her up. And, look, uh, look at her Wikipedia yeah, page. Yeah, look yeah, at yeah. That's w- right. Look her up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look at yeah. She's on Amazon.com. <laughs> um, but uh, she was talking about how porn actually doesn't objectify women. It actually gives women the spotlight and empowers them, yeah. which I think is a very there's a lot of merit to that concept. But uh, I mean, because you're just looking at the girl for for the most part. You know, there's obviously a I would assume a very strong gay scene in the porn industry and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. But um, anyway, the whole the whole thing about this thing that we went through in year twelve in year six was that porn's not good for you. It objectifies women, leading to this serial killer type aspect. But the point I was making was they were saying that excessive porn or like a negative amount of porn is watching it for more than 16 hours a day. What and we're the all fucking, fuck? We're all fucking, no shit, that's yeah. excessive. I know. And we're all fucking sitting there going, you're kidding. And there's probably like <laughs> old mate Steve in the back going, shit, I've got an issue. <laughs> He's what watching. the fuck? That literally means, okay, if you're getting eight hours sleep, you're devoting the rest of the time to porn. Like, Absolutely. Like exactly. no, time, Literally. no time to eat. Yes. No time to do anything. Yeah, exactly right. That's fucked. Yeah. What like, are they talking about? Oh. It's too much porn. <laughs> oh, I hate it when people like start. You know, people who, who are like against porn, yeah. probably oh, it's yeah. the same people who are batting off to it. Yeah, you know? ex- exactly, man. A hundred percent. They're fucking hypocritical. Yep, totally. I mean, we're all fucking human. We've yeah. all got the same urges. What makes you such a prince? Yeah, exactly. Uh, either that or you're just some fucking asexual. Yeah, weirdo. exactly. Are you like, a fucking eunuch? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, like, like, I'm pretty sure that I, I was watching this documentary once and they were talking about you know, it'd be interesting to to see the impact of porn on someone's life. But the whole spectrum of the show was the fact that they couldn't do a study because literally every adult man had watched porn. Like 100% of men have watched porn. I would hazard a guess that over 70 to 80% of chicks have watched porn as well. At least not to derive some sort of pleasure from it, but just seen it, you know? Yeah, well, I feel like... I know a lot of girls like don't frequently jack off or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That don't doesn't seem to be so necessary for them. I mean, yeah. personally, I don't know how the other blokes feel about yeah. this, but I think I need it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, I, I don't think out. I would function properly without it. Like, 100%. wouldn't think clearly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I didn't have a bat this morning, Tommy, I, I don't know how I'd be talking Mate, right if now. If I wasn't having a bat right now, I don't know what we'd be doing with the show. <laughs> Honestly, it's like it's like a pressure cooker. Yeah, you know, you got to let a bit of air out every now and then. Absolutely, otherwise you explode. Absolutely. I mean, imagine if we didn't fart, (laughs) we'd be we'd be cooked. The pressure cooker would be on haywire. Hey guys, just for everyone at home, Dan and I have had some pretty large coffees, so we're 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 pretty fucking jacked up. We're jacked up right now, and I'm jacking off. (laughs) Oh shit. So uh, yeah, that's insane. So, but you are you are putting on weight at the moment, training, and uh, Mm. how your numbers feeling? Like you. You're starting uh, to hit some some good, good times. I love it. We just, <laughs> I know, I know. I've just segwayed it. You just anyway, completely segwayed it. It's like we talked about weight lifting, started talking about jacking off and yeah. porn for a little bit. And so, oh, so back to your uh, yeah. your weight increase, yeah. mate. Like, so, I mean, that's an interesting concept about porn. So, anyway, you do believe 9-11 was a conspiracy. <laughs> it's not a segway. It's just changing the just topic. It's literally a new show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just cut it. We'll just cut yeah. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, no. Training's got all right, mate. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm not like a fucking setting the world on fire or anything like that. It was just like actually you were talking about the whole Ricky Gerard thing before, mm. and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. someone was talking about oh you know so and so improved like thirty kilos in their snatch in yep. like, two years or something. 
I was thinking, fuck, I'd be happy if I improved oh, three kilos in two years. Totally. Yeah. It's just like, and that's just weightlifting. Mm. It's, you just hardly ever improve. Yep. You're lucky if you're lifting the same fucking weights that you're lifting before. Like I've put on eight kilos and I'm basically, oh, I'm, not, I'm not lifting any more than I have when I weighed 77. All oh, right. I mean, like I'm lifting it have more consistently. Okay, there you go. And I yep. can handle volume better. Cool. But it hasn't, like, I haven't hit a better max weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I mean... So, but have you, like, is your training, uh, have you gone heavy? Have you been going heavy? Yeah, I mean, I go heavy as much as my body can take. But sometimes, like, I'll go heavy and then I'll lift, like, a bag of shit for two weeks. Yep. It's just, that's how weightlifting works. I mean, I I wish I recovered, like, people who took gear. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's why it always shits me when people talk about people who take drugs and they're like, yeah, but they train hard. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, if I was taking drugs, I would always train hard because I always, you'd always feel, I'd always feel fucking good. Yes, you always feel amazing. Yeah, I'd always feel amazing. I'm like, it's easy to do it yeah. when you feel good. It's really fucking hard to do it when you feel like shit. Totally, man. Isn't that, I almost feel like that's irrelevant because people always say that. And like, I've spoken to people before that have very unbiased opinions about PEDs or not, you know, but they just play devil's advocate and they go, Oh yeah, no, but I mean, to some degree, man, they got to train twice as hard when they're on gear because they're recovering so much faster. But it's kind of like, yeah, but everyone would do that, yeah, exactly. Because they're fucking on drugs, yeah, so exactly. It, that's not hard, yeah. And really, it was they're they're too fucking weak mentally to have gone through what people who don't go on drugs have to yep. go through, yeah, which is sucking and eating a bag of dicks, yep. all the time, yeah. And just feeling like shit, not improving, yep. but just showing up every day for training and getting it done anyway. That's the tough part. That's the tough part. Yep. Just like persevering. Exactly. The amount people, I mean, like I'm, I was talking to Simon Heffernan, who's a, a good lifter in my gym. Mm. And he said, I, was, I, I can't remember when he said this, but he said the best weightlifters are just the ones who have just persevered. Totally. Through injury, through shit training, through ups and downs, they just keep at it. Mm. And that's what you, like if you want to do weightlifting and be successful at it without drugs. Yep. That's what you need. Yep. yep. Just show up, get the work done, take care of your body. Oh, mate. And, you know, be the, patient. The, like yeah. weightlifting is just such a taxing sport on your body because, you know, it's just, I mean, yeah, like injuries and everything, but it, I feel like it's more of a mental game, you know, in my very, mm. very sort of basic understanding of never having competed in weightlifting specifically. But, you know, it's such a... Even for the most sort of chilled out sort of people, and you're a pretty chilled out dude, but yeah. like it's still hard when you don't like weeks and weeks, even months of just everything's going right off the field. You know, you're hitting all your numbers, but you're just not getting stronger on yeah. paper. And it's like, what the fuck? Like I'm doing everything. I feel like that's the tough part, you know, like actual training aspect. Everyone loves training. Yeah. Like it's fun to train. If you, you feel good, good you're yeah. always going to train. But it's when you train hard and, and you suck at it. That's the real issue, you know? Exactly. I, yeah. I think one of the big things is like letting go of, oh, I need to, oh, I, I guess like goals, like worry more about the process, mm. you know, just like do do good training, make sure you're hitting these weights and don't worry about the outcome so yep, much. Totally. Just, well, I mean, I'll do that in training for, uh, in comps. I'll yep. just like, I won't think about in advance what I want to do yeah. or how I want it to go. I'll just go, I'll outsource that to my coach mm. and say, you just tell me what to lift and I'll fucking lift it. Yep. The less shit I have to worry about, I mean, the less anxious I am, the more I can just think about lifting. Yeah. Yep. And you need like a, I feel like you always need a really good why. Like I just finished a book on Audible called um, Find Your Why. Mm. That's more sort of business oriented, but it was, um, I mean, everything applies 
all this sort of stuff applies to life. Like I feel like starting a good business and making a good business run is just a very good application to life as is training and understanding why you do things because, you know, motivation becomes habit after a while, but it's when you're going through the shit periods that you need to sort of remember why you started in the first place. Um, So of that, man, what is your why for, for weightlifting? Uh, do you have one? Or? To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I just don't think I have anything. I have anything better to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't have. I think a lot of the. It seems like a lot of the best weightlifters really did have a defined why. Mm. And I heard a lot of them say that they were very much driven by insecurity. Mm. So a desire to be the best, and they're mm. like, I have all these like emotional hangups. Like, I need to be the best. Yeah. I need to prove other people wrong. Mm. I need to do this. And I don't have any of that. Mm. Like, I've never felt that way. I'm not... I'm a competitive... I'm a very competitive person. Mm. But I also don't give a shit about what other people think. Mm. I'm not trying to impress anyone. Mm. So, I, I don't know. I, I, if I rock up to a comp, I'll be competitive. Especially yep. if, if I... I don't know. Sometimes there are certain people who really shit me. Yeah. Or I just feel like I need to beat this guy. Yes. You owe um, it to yourself almost. Yeah. Well, I don't even, I don't even think that far ahead. I don't mm. think I need to prove this to this guy that I've been beating him. I just feel competitive. You know? yeah, it's just sure. like a natural human drive. Yeah. But, you know, there are some people who like that insecurity or whatever you want to call it, gives them an edge in training mm. to push themselves that little bit more. Like, mm. I've got to prove these people wrong. Mm. Or, I almost feel like it's an unhealthy thing that makes that gives people an edge. Yes, I totally agree with that. You know what I mean? It's like, yep. it's like how they always say, you know, people who have little man syndrome, they're very much, they're more aggressive because they're small. Yeah, absolutely. Small and, man syndrome. Yeah, it's yeah, a thing. And that can give them an edge, yep. especially, you know, in the world. If you're more aggressive, a lot of, a lot of times more aggressive people rise to the top. Mate, there, there, I, I strongly believe that there is no bigger motivator paradoxically speaking, than fear. Like fearing something so aggressively. I mean, to speak about, not to bring it down massively, but from someone who used to fear eternal suffering in hell, the reasons why I went out and picked rubbish, picked rubbish up off off the off the ground all the time is because I genuinely feared that. Like fear can push you to do fucking anything, but it's not a healthy way to live. Like I'm, I I used to train all the time, all the time, you Mm. know, like, and that ultimately led to me doing my knee a couple of times. But, um, it was because I was scared and insecure that I wouldn't be um, recognized. Uh, you know, just social anxieties and, and OCD sort of played into that now. It's kind of funny. Like now I'm just so happy in life. Um, and this is just my personal mm. experience. I'm so happy in life that I've kind of stopped training a little bit and I'm just very happy just going with the flow and doing my own thing. Yeah. But I, I've often wondered in going through this process um, what it's like for people at the top end of their sport and from – from the some of the audio, um, some of the autobiographies that I have read, it seemed that their motivation was always fear. Like Michael, like Michael Jordan, he was very obsessive. Like I wonder what goes on in Rich Froning's head or fucking Lu Xiao John's head. You know, like fear is just a massive, massive driver. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think a lot of these guys, especially once they get to the top, mm. they just fear being anyone beating them or yeah. maybe losing their edge. I don't know. Yeah. It is an interesting thought, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or just wondering that now they've started this journey, fearing that it would have been worth nothing. So they constantly try to push to reach the top. Yeah, but I, I just wonder where this desire that we have to always like to be successful or to be at the top comes from. I yeah, mean, I know, like, man. Is that a natural thing for humans? I think. It I is. mean, like, 
Do you, re- do you reckon it is well, to I dominate or is it? I think, well, I think it's, I think it's um, to, a, to a lesser degree, gender uh, specific, really. You reckon? Well, I mean, not really. I don't really. know. No, I, not to a, I, I think girls are just yeah, as competitive. Girls, yeah, true, actually. Yeah. Actually, if not more so. More competitive. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I think, I think yeah. girls worry about other girls more yes. than guys worry about other guys. Yeah, for sure. Like that was, yeah, I was trying to look at it in sort of like a evolution behavioral evolutionary based yeah, yeah like the dominant dominant submissive sort of thing and you know like i mean the if you look back so i'm just reading sapiens actually now as yeah, well yeah, yeah. on um audible it's fucking awesome bill raved about it um is a good book actually it's amazing isn't it it's a great book absolutely amazing yeah you, a book that i'm reading at the moment is natural born heroes yeah 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 dude read it so it's is that the same thing awesome. uh, have you read born to run no Okay, well, anyway. <laughs> anyway, we'll, 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 we'll forget about that. We'll forget about that. But anyway, so it's basically, it's the guy, he's talking about, uh, you know, the roots of, it, but it's like two stories in one. And it like follows these bunch of like, the, these uh, a few Englishmen and guys from Crete yep. during World War Two, who were like guerrilla fighters and oh, sort yeah. of sabotaging the Germans and how they became basically super athletes. Yes, and, you know, like, because these guys from Crete are amazing athletes mm. and they could basically just run up mountains yeah. effortlessly. Right, okay. And they could do, they could run for like hundreds of kilometers on like a basically a starvation diet. Mm. And these English guys who would show up would just be destroyed. Yep. And it was like, so the book's about sort of harnessing the, uh, you know, human physicality that we've forgotten about. Were they on anything? They weren't on anything. Oh, just- no, just olives and fucking feta <laughs> cheese, yeah, mate. Yeah, feta cheese. <laughs> Bit of salmon here and there. Bit of salmon here and there. Yeah, mate, but it, it's a fucking sick book anyway. Yeah. But um, I can't remember what my fucking point was. Yeah. What, what so were we anyway, talking? stay at school. <laughs> anyway, it's a great book. But oh, one of the things that we're still talking about is how this sort of drive to be the best mm. is sort of unnatural and like humans are actually creatures that love to share yes and we're very much you know we work as a tribe yep and we like to do things in a, as a sort of collective you we're know like hunt together we're very social yeah and it's and this and uh another an amazing point they made is that we've become so highly specialized oh so in the uh, in the yes. old days humans could do everything you yep. know like you could make a house yep you could navigate you could hunt you could mm. farm you could do anything mm. and now we outsource everything mm. and including we outsource fun yeah uh, you know yeah, like we true. outsource sport to yep. other people we pay other people to play sport for us yes when we should be doing it ourselves true that that's such an interesting concept isn't it and, and i was like you know what that's so fucking true yeah like the the fact that we pay people to play sport on our behalf yeah. and we sit on the sidelines and congratulate them yeah when we should be getting out there and Playing. Do you think that has anything to do with the uh, political context of, of, I don't know, Western society? Like, compared, you, you mentioned um, specialization and outsourcing. Like, I feel like they're, they're very sort of, very much related to, you know, living in a, in a competitive market society where it's like only the best, you know, get, I, I, get the I, demand. I think, and- I think he argues in the book that a lot of it comes, it came from like the Industrial Revolution. Yep. So, up until that point, people would still do a lot of things themselves. Mm. And then after that, everything became highly specialized. Yeah. You know, like people started making tools and then- Who's own, the best uh, of the own, tools? Yeah, yeah. They get the demand. The, that's the thing that I do. And this yep. person uses that tool to do this thing. Exactly. So, 
and they can do it way better than you can yep. because that's the only thing they need to do. So where's the And then we just go? went into this specialized environment mm. and people end up fucking miserable because they're doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, but- I mean, that being said though, I mean, you know, you just look at outsourcing fun, like watching sport on the sidelines. I mean, gladiators were doing that shit thousands of years ago, you know? That's and true. like you have you have a, a, a very clear um clear what's the word I'm looking for like class back in the yeah. day from what we know where the I, slaves I'm not, were I'm not doing- saying it's a, like it's like a new thing outsourcing yeah. fun but I, I think the most healthy societies seem yep. to do it themselves mm, mm. you know what I mean like, like mm. I, I, I think even the Roman Empire at that stage was probably a bit of a sick society oh absolutely of course it was I mean that's why it collapsed yeah yeah it was fucked. <laughs> it was fucked. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it just like old mate Bill said he was like, he was on uh, on Facebook the other day. Yeah. He said that he actually, he looked up who would win in a fight, a tiger <laughs> versus a lion. Yeah. And he said the Romans had actually done it thousands of years ago. Oh, yeah. And actually matched them up together. And, and the... T- uh, the tiger one. Yeah, that's right. So why is Which the lion the fucking- me. Yeah, yeah. So why is the lion the king of the jungle yeah. if the tiger kicks the shit out of it? Why is that? I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah still- come on, mate. You should have done your research. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I can't remember what the answer was, but yeah. it was like, you know, the Romans sound pretty fucked up. They're like, let's get two animals from different parts of the world and get them mate, to kill each other. I know. See, that that is the thing about human cu- curiosity, though. Like, we just wanted to find out shit, so we just do it. I mean, like... A- very strong case can be said for uh, old mate Josef Mengele during World War Two. Yeah. That just did all these experiments on poor Jewish twin children, you know, just to find things out. I mean, the ethical ramifications of that were just insane. Oh, you know, you know. Uh, my grandmother mm. was actually was selected. At Auschwitz? Yeah, she, she was in Auschwitz and oh, she shit. was selected by Josef Mengele. Really? And she was in the children's camp. You're kidding. And she escaped. Really? Yeah. Once she once she found out what was happening, she escaped into the adult section. Nearly got nearly got murdered doing it. Yeah. But she, you know the the experiments that they were doing with people were fucked up. Oh. When she went into Auschwitz, she was. So was she a twin? No, she wasn't a twin. Oh, she he just. So but like, she was a child. Yeah. Oh, so because so he yes. he did experiments just on children. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he just he just liked twins, didn't he? That was his thing. Well, no, the thing he wanted to say. Because genetically they're the same. Yeah, so he wanted to. He wanted yep. to do tests on one, and use the other as a sort of like a um, a control. Yeah, control. Yeah. You know. Yep. How fucked up is that? That's you know, you're not using test tubes. You're using actual humans. Actual, actual human. Yep. So um, yeah, that he my grandmother escaped. You're kidding. And she actually, yeah, obviously she survived because I'm alive. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. you know, she was only thirteen or fourteen. At isn't the time. that amazing? Yeah. See that? Isn't that? A call, an, an amazing example of human instinct. Yeah. Well, I mean, 13 years old, you don't probably really... I mean, no one knew what was going on then. You oh, know? but yeah, she was a fucking, like, an exceptional person yeah. from what I heard. Like, unbelievable just resilience and mm. strength, especially for a kid. Mm. Yeah. Mind you, kids grew up a lot earlier back then. I mean, I yep. think she'd already had been doing a trade for a few years. Like, okay. she made dresses and stuff. Yep. Which is actually how she survived. She made dresses for Nazis when she was in Auschwitz. Oh, right. And they'd give her potatoes and stuff. Yeah. Fuck, that stuff makes you think, doesn't it? This, I mean, like, I've often wondered about the whole sort of sliding door scenario with my life as well, where it's like one, it's a butterfly effect, you know? Yeah. Like one little decision or action that I've undertaken has led me to, I mean, a lot. A strong case can be said for me uh, have, doing my, my meniscus tear in my left knee. Like, I was, I was on a road in year 12, I think, I did my 
uh, cartilage in my left knee just on a fucking leg press. Like such yeah, an yeah, annoying yeah. piece of shit. But that led me onto this road to discover CrossFit and to discover self-growth and all this oh, sort of like dude. these tiny little things, you know, it was just a, a split second thing and I wouldn't be sitting here right now. You never know what what an event, where an event's going to lead you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it, it can just change the entire course of your life. Mm. Going back to the war, my yeah. grandfather has another crazy story. Oh, yeah. So he was in a labor camp, right? And She's had a tough run. Yeah. Well, well, my whole family was in the Holocaust. All my grandparents. So yeah. my grandfather, apparently like the first day they arrived at the camp, the uh, the commandant lined up all the Jews. Yep. And he was just like, you fucking Jews. You're all pieces of shit. You're, you're, the, you're the reason all these wars are happening. And yeah. Just basically blamed all the world's problems yep. on, on the Jews. On the Jews. And my grandfather, just he's a fucking idiot, started screaming back at him. Really? And started saying, what the fuck would you know? And just had the balls. Yeah. To, to yell back at him. Put and, his life and, and just argue with him. And instead of being shot or, beat, or beaten up, yeah. the commandant liked the fact that my grandfather had balls. Real. And they became mates. You're kidding. No, no shit. They started playing chess together. Fuck. And my grandfather nearly killed a Nazi once because he, uh, he was a cabinet maker. And this Nazi, like, hit him with the butt of the gun because he was meant to be somewhere else or something. Okay. My grandfather had, like, an axe that he was making it with, and he picked up the axe to, like, kill the Nazi, and his mate stopped him. Really? And so then he was dragged to the jail, and the commandant, who was his mate, like, stuck up for him. Bailed him out. Yeah, bailed him out. And not only that, uh, what's more called... The, not, the commandant told him that, oh, you know, on Christmas Day, we're shipping you all out to Auschwitz. Shit. So make sure you escape before then. You're kidding. So my grandfather escaped. Him and a bunch of mates dug an escape route and escaped the camp the week before they were to be shipped out. And none of that would have happened if he didn't scream at this yeah. commandant on that first day. Fucking hell. So that really puts my knee story to shit. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell. That's I know. insane. I know. Did and you that, know and, and, and died before and you... No, 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 no. He's a fucking legend. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's my so absolute this is, hero. So this is Ivan's dad? Yeah. Okay, yep. Yeah, my grandfather, Frank. Frank, what a legend. Frank. <laughs> fucking Frank. Frank Katz, eh? <laughs> Frank Katz, yeah. So they were all... You, your uh, grandparents were Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where were they living? They're, my dad's family were all Hungarian. They were Hungarian. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that insane, man? I know, but but you see, like, how crazy is that? It's yeah. just like, it's such a foolish decision to make <laughs> exactly. and it actually saved his life. So, and allowed you to sit here yeah, on the yeah. show right now. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And people <laughs> people <sighs> ask me, like, sometimes why I go off because yeah. I got a bit of a temper. Yeah. And they go, well, why, why do you have such a fucking temper? And all the men in my family yeah. do. And I said... Look at the fucking look what it's done look, for look, me. No, look at my at uh, my fucking grandparents. Totally. How could I have turned out any other way? Totally. I mean, they they were aggressive. Yeah. And they that's how they survived. It's completely justified, man. Exactly. Completely justified. I mean, when I when I read um, I can't remember. It was one of the Jewish authors who was in Holocaust, and he said the best Jews didn't survive. Yeah. As in the people who were like the most caring. Oh, yes. Yes. Who. Were the best people? Yes. They never survived. Of course not. It was always the toughest, yep. most belligerent, the most ruthless that survived. Well, I mean, surely the Nazis would have gone, we can use that, him. We can use her. Like, Well, it's, it's just like to survive, you need to be a... You have a need to have a bit a of mongrel about <laughs> you. Need you need to be a prick, yeah. yeah. you need to have a bit of mongrel about yeah. you. So it's like, 
well, how come all the men in your family are fucking aggressive? Well, <laughs> what, what do you expect? Yeah, totally. That's the breeding stock. Totally. But also, I mean, like, the set of values you would gain from that being being a cat, you know? Yeah. Like, that's just incredible, man. Like, I know. It's almost like a family. It's almost like a family legacy. Of like, course. you better be a nutcase. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or else you're fucked. <laughs> you're fucked. You're out. You're not a true cat. Yeah, you're not a cat. If you're not doing something totally reckless and stupid yeah. in a really tough situation, yeah. Exactly. You're, you're not even related to us. That sucks. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, no shit. Wow. Yeah, shit. Okay. Fair enough. And so then where do they escape to? So oh, your they, dad. Oh, no, your grandpa. So he escaped. So how much of your family was. Have you got a big family line? Like all- nah, man. Like, no. like the ones... I don't, I've got like fuck all family because they're all murdered. A lot of them did die. In the, that's what I was oh, getting Almost at. all of them. I yeah. mean, like the only ones... Like my, my dad never obviously never had any grandparents or anything. All he had was... He had a few aunties. Yep. Who were like my grandfather's uh, sisters. Mm-hmm. None of my grandmother's family survived or anything. So it was like just no family. Yes. I mean, like... Uh, that's been like sort of I don't know my family story since I was born yeah yeah you kind of just get used to that like your whole family fucking murdered yeah gone yeah Yeah. actually most of the Jews in Melbourne like they are are holocaust survivors it's like the largest population of holocaust survivors in the world is that right yeah I didn't know that it's funny, like, I mean, you and I both uh, previously now worked at Schwartz. Yeah. Um, fantastic gym in, in, uh, here in Melbourne for those that are uh, not in the Melbourne area. But, man, like, I knew nothing about the Jewish culture or religion before coming over to Caulfield, right? And then, obviously, you just get amongst it because everyone yeah, here is fucking Jewish. Everyone's Jewish, Jewish yeah. Everyone here is Jewish, <laughs> yeah. It's like a precondition that you have to get circumcised before you <laughs> jump in here. All right, whip it out. <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. Let's get it on the chopping block. <laughs> He's a chosen coach. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, look, there is a prerequisite to, to getting this job here, mate. I know what it is. I'll get it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, so I grew up uh, pretty, pretty relaxed Catholic. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm uh, relatively atheist now, atheistic now. Um, but uh, you come over here and then you start learning all these things. Every person I spoke to in that gym had some sort of direct correlation to the Holocaust. Yeah. And it's just scary. I mean, you, you hear these stories and you see it growing up as a kid, you know, you get educated about it, but it's just another world, man. It's completely ima- – like, to, to think that your grandpa stood up to, like, what, an SS officer or a- – Oh, uh, he, he was a commandant. commandant. He, he might have been a Hungarian officer because, okay. yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Or, well, like, even your, like your grandma, like a 13-year-old chick escaping from a fucking serial yeah, killer. Yeah, she stood up to SS. Yeah. As a 14-year-old girl. I, yeah. I don't know how you can be that brave. No, but. absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's what I mean. Like, to think about, you know, this is not going to be like a PC check your privilege statement. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. to think like how lucky we are. I mean, that was their life at 13. My life at 13 was fucking dinner on the table. I was eating fatty cabanara. I know. Every night, you know, for dinner. And I was playing PlayStation I fucking know. most of the day. But having said that, you never know how you would have gone in that situation. Yeah, I know. Maybe, maybe you would have surprised have you yourself. That? Yeah. I, have I thought about it? Well, you're a cat's mate. You'd probably fuck. No, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. My dad, when my dad talks about it, because I think often the children of Holocaust survivors are really fucking scarred. Yeah, of course. So, of so course. he's he just says shit like, I would have been dead within five minutes. Yeah. Like I would have done something stupid. I would have attacked someone. Yep. But he, you never know. I no. mean, like. He could have done anything. Actually, the guy, the guy who I've got my middle name from, yeah, is another crazy Holocaust story. Yeah, yeah. 
My, my middle name is Maurice. Yeah, good you one. You might know. It's, right, it's, it's a good middle name. Anyway, my name's Barry, mate. It's, not, it's nowhere near as good. <laughs> Maurice. Anyway, it's named after my dad's uncle who was like a surgeon in Hungary. And he was like probably the most well-known doctor, surgeon in Hungary. Mm-hmm. He owned castles. Mm. He owned Picasso paintings. He oh, was like wow. so fucking well off. But he was also a gymnast. Yeah. And he worked out every day. Anyway, he got he arrived at Auschwitz. And he knew exactly what was happening as yep. soon as it happened. So he slipped underneath the train, <sighs> held himself underneath the train, all the way back to Hungary. You're kidding. Yeah. How fucking ridiculous That's is that? That's insane. What an insane feat of strength. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. He just held Adrenaline. himself underneath the fucking train. Yeah. For like, I have no idea how long it would take you to get so back what, to Hungary. So what, like a, to put it into context, like a three hour chin up. Holding, yeah. holding yeah, your yeah, body yeah. weight. With legs in your whole body weight yeah. underneath yeah. the train. Fucking hell. You could have died at any point. Yeah. And the, not only that, Nazis were looking underneath the train. Oh, yeah. Of course To they make were. sure people weren't doing that. So, yeah. he had to hold himself up and stuff. Fucking hell. And you go, fuck, what would have I done? Exactly. Exactly. I would have probably just died. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I would just, just die. I would have just been like, yeah, yeah, all right. Well, well what's, what's going now? on there? Uh, having right. said that, I could have just... Well, you never know, do you? Have you, no. ever, have you ever had that? You know, you know they talk about... Um, mums lifting up cars and stuff to, to protect their kid under a, under a car or something. And yeah. Have you ever experienced or in retrospect experienced that amount of like strength through adrenaline? No. It'd be good to get harnessed that for a fucking comp, hey? <laughs> Jesus. This, uh, Dan snatched up 400 kilos. 400 kilos. He just jerked 80. <laughs> had to lift it off a child. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. And then he, he just, just all the adrenaline. He <laughs> got excited. No, I have thought about it. I, I do have like, I think a lot of men have this, but I got a bit of like a superhero complex. Yeah, yeah. Where I constantly imagine myself doing something heroic. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Do you yeah. have that? Yeah, I do. I do. Like you visualize yourself just, just like, what if a dude nuts. came on here with a gun yeah. in this train right do? at the moment? What would I do? I'm yeah. like, I'd attack him and I'd dis- disarm him. Yeah, and then, exactly. And then I'd save somehow everyone. be a black belt in jujitsu all of a sudden. Yeah, then I'd be talking on TV afterwards and be like, how'd you do something so brave? Yeah. I'd just go, oh, you know. Yeah, just- exactly. <laughs> oh, nah, I wasn't a hero. You know, don't call me a hero. Just call me a legend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I imagine myself doing heroic things, mm. but fuck, it's pretty, it's pretty far off actually doing something heroic. Well, yeah, it's just you know you uh, you can't control it. So I mean, I feel like the I feel like the definition of like heroism is like intentionally doing something, knowing the consequences of what could happen. But like every time, like I could argue that people doing certain things isn't heroic. It's just they didn't even have control over it. No, it, it's it's the basic survival instinct that we've evolved to exactly. to stay alive, and you can't control that. Well, he's uh, this book that I was talking about before, Natural yeah. Born Heroes. Yep. A lot of it's about her- heroism. Yep. And he was saying at the beginning of the book how a lot of people, he like a lot of heroes, like legit heroes, people who done like, like a woman who defended all these school children mm. from a guy with a machete, <laughs> and managed to disarm him and everything. Yeah. And how she did something heroic, and she didn't even think it was heroic. No. Like she lost like a bunch of fingers. Yeah. And if you talk to her about it now, she goes, no, I was just, I was basically surviving. I yes. mean, I had to do that. Yes. And a lot of people who do heroic things, it doesn't occur to them at the time that they're doing anything. Well, you're not thinking. You're yeah. not thinking, you're just acting. Yeah. And you, you probably, I mean, she'd probably struggle to even remember the situation. Yeah. Because she's just like not thinking, just acting completely yeah, I th- right. I think, I think because we are all so sheltered, I think yep. we're capable of a lot more than we think we are. Yeah, for sure. And we were actually capable of doing amazing things. Yep. Yep. Well, it's just about... Yeah, there's got to be some way to tap into that though. Like just like 
getting that adrenaline pumping. I mean, you know, you can do it with music and, you know, learn about meditation or all that sort of stuff. But that's real, real that, I mean, the stuff we're talking about is on a much bigger scale. You well, know? It'll come out when you need it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to come out if you don't need it. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. I mean, like it would be pretty sweet to be able to just tap into adrenaline. Yeah. I remember I remember the first time I did a weightlifting comp, I was so fucking pumped up. Yeah. Like I couldn't hear anything. Yeah. And I was just like shaking and yep. I was so fucking powerful. Yeah. But I don't think I ever had it ever again. Yes. It just I went. mean, like, I get you still want to come down. I get, <laughs> you're still fucked. I still want to come down. Yeah. But, like, I used to get so pumped up, maybe, like, first one or two competitions, and now it's just, like, a sort of calm, serene, and I really wish I had that adrenaline. Mm, mm. It would help me so much. Oh, for sure, man. Like, I mean, I, I have the exact same thing. Uh, looking back on it, I don't know how I did it, but it was actually just a CrossFit workout that I, I'm not really doing CrossFit at the moment. I'm just fucking being a bin. But uh, <laughs> this year, the start actually, the, the 17.3 was um, a combination of chest bar pull-ups and snatches and the yeah. snatch weight went up. Do you, yeah. remember, do you know this one? Yeah, 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 yeah. So my one RM at the time was 102 kilos and the third bar, uh, 46, uh, the fourth bar was 102 kilos. So it was 225 yeah. pounds. And um, the, the, the whole gym was watching. I was really ramped up and I snatched... Uh, I snatched 102 uh, four times in the space of three minutes or something. Yeah. And I was under fatigue and I was like, what the fuck? But I was just <laughs> shaking by how excited I was. I was full bar. Yeah. <laughs> I had to actually move the bar around my bar. Helped you technique. <laughs> yeah, to help my technique a lot. Brought it into me, you know, had the lats on. <laughs> but like, it's things like that where it's like, fuck man, I wish I could do that. You know, yeah, I wish I could tap into that all the time. Yeah. When you have a great session, you're like, fuck, why can't I just do that every time? Okay? Yeah. Why can't I just be a superhero? You know, I don't know. <laughs> let's just be great. Yeah, I know. Why can't we always be fucking awesome? Yeah. So, uh, so Dan, what are your um, what are your thoughts on the increasing tension between North Korea and the US? What do I think? I fucking I have no idea what to make of it. Actually, yeah. I mean, like, I just don't know what North Korea's end game is. I know, I know. But then you don't know what Trump's is. Like, he keeps tweeting. And oh, just he like, doesn't have a fucking end game. No, he doesn't, does he's he? He's just a dumb cunt. He is. He is. He's just a legit dumb cunt. Yeah. And he, all he cares about is, is himself and his exactly. name and being seen as a good, as like powerful yep. and also liked by everyone. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Like he, he, I don't think he has any goals or ambitions or anything aside from just be fucking awesome. Mate, I think his ambition was, let's see if I can run the country or let's see if I can make it to president because of pure ambition and yeah. now that he has that he's like well, he doesn't sweet. know what the fuck to do with he's it he's just a king on his throne in his eyes you know yeah. he's just like sweet I fucking made it I'm I, all good. I made it like I don't need to do anything more no. and, and, and everything good that happens he attributes to himself exactly it's like oh there's rising stock that's fucking me yeah exactly yeah <laughs> I'm killing and, it and it's everything, all fake news it's and all it, fake news yeah and anything shit that happens it's always someone else yep totally and totally it's, it's just oh fuck me it's just the amount of megalomaniacs and fuckwits <sighs> Mate, do you know what I, I love? I love the the conservative uh, justification of Trump, and they go like, "Yeah, nobody's, you know, like just because you don't like him doesn't mean he doesn't have an agenda, or doesn't mean he's like trying to do something." He'll get there, mate. If he had a fucking agenda, he wouldn't have been saying, "Don't you love grabbing chicks by the pussy?" In the lead up to get in presidency. Like, no, I, th- I, think that, I think that video was from like 10 years oh, beforehand. It, it was ages ago, but like surely, he, oh, it was, but yeah, surely yeah. he'd have some control of, yeah, that's a good point actually, yeah. <laughs> like I'll stand corrected here actually, yeah. So basically I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a Trump supporter now. <laughs> Can we pause it for a second while yeah. I take a piss? Yeah, mate, I'm the same. We'll keep it running. Yeah, keep it running. <laughs> and we're back. Oh God. 
I yeah, feel like you can actually construct a sentence now. Yeah. Well, uh, guys, we've uh, we had a slight stunt in the show. Um, <laughs> Katie and I have uh, been here a while. We've we've gone through a few coffees. Yeah, needed to relieve ourselves. And we needed to relieve ourselves um, spiritually, 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 and physically. <laughs> I said to Katie before he had a um, a very masculine, steady stream rocking before, and uh, yeah, it, was, it went for a long. It was it was like um, it was like Austin Powers, you know. It was yeah. just like yeah. evacuation. Com- yeah. Oh, evacuation yeah. complete. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just, just um, kept going. It was. I feel emasculated by my stream because <laughs> by, by comparison, it's embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. I really need. To You're go. much more of a man than I am. What were we talking about? We were talking about uh, Trump and North Korea. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what that's about with yeah. them like threatening to blow up Japan. Oh like, yeah. What have they got against Japan? I know. I know. Just I don't. I don't understand what the end game is. Well, do you feel like both parties, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this, um, because both parties to some degree are nuts, but uh, do you feel like both parties respect the uh, the power of the other? Like, I mean, if, I mean, if, if Kim Jong-un bombed Guam, surely he would understand that America will fuck him up. Yeah. And surely he would understand that China have come out and said... Uh, if if North Korea makes the first move, then that automatically removes us from the issue. Yeah. So he wouldn't have a leg to stand on. Yeah. You look, I, I, just, I just don't... Look, if they attack anyone, mm. they're going to be destroyed. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, your destruction is completely assured. If you bomb yep. Japan, if you bomb South Korea... Yep. If you bomb China, yep. you're fucked. Like, totally. I mean, it's just like, I don't understand how it's going to benefit you in any no. way. No. If you want to keep your regime going, you can't attack anyone. No way. No, I mean, exactly. you, you could, I mean, if you attacked South Korea, you you could probably kill a couple of million people. Yeah, for sure. But for you sure. would be completely flattened yep. after that. Yep. Because Americans have fucking oh. station. they're stationed in South Korea, they're stationed in Japan. Yep. They'll just flatten you. Absolutely. But, you know, here's the worrying thing, right? And this is why I feel sorry for the civilians in the surrounding countries is because, look, and I think recently uh, American an American foreign correspondent went over to North Korea to actually talk about ways to sort of release some of the, the, the increasing um, pressure mm. between the two. But irrespective, the issue, I believe, with, with North Korea and Kim Jong-un specifically is that he they're so isolated. I mean, the 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 way it's set up is so isolated that he believes his own bullshit. Like he believes, like he, he would be fuel. He would be constantly having his ego fueled to the, to the degree that he probably believes that he's the superpower. Like they're so isolated. I, I also, I, I don't really know a lot about it, but I have seen, I've read and heard a, a bit about it though. Yeah. And I think he's not really as in charge as you'd think. Mm. I think he's very much a figurehead mm. and there is a sort of like a sort of council mm-hmm. or a bunch of people at the top who decide. A what, cabinet or whatever, yeah, yeah. like a board. I mean, yeah. he's, he's just, he's a, he's part of that lineage. So he becomes the leader, oh, yes, yes, but yes. he's not really in that much control. And yep. he says what he, he's told to say yeah, to a large true. extent. Uh, he, almost, I, he, he looks to me like he's kind of like a, a little kid. He's a little kid. In a playpen. And he's got everything in his playpen, but who controls what's put in that playpen is not up to he's him. He's so fucked up. Because everyone in North Korea is a prisoner. Oh, totally. They are. I mean, I, th- I think people forget that. They're like, oh, these North Koreans are crazy. Yeah. Actually, no, it's just not. the people at the top <laughs> yes. who are fucking insane. Yeah. And everyone who lives in North Korea is just a fucking prisoner. Yep. 
It's the biggest open air prison in the world. Yes, basically. it is. Absolutely. The most depressed people in the face of the earth. It is scary. So I, I feel sorry for everyone. Yeah. So like, I really hope nothing does happen because mm. all those innocent North Koreans are going to fucking die. Well, that's the thing, man. And like, yeah, I mean, they're just, I, I remember watching a, uh, I think it was on today actually, like maybe five or, or 10 or seven years ago. And it was about this um, young girl that actually escaped out of North Korea, threw into South Korea, and then obviously she became westernized. But she was talking about how um, this was so she she would have been under the Kim Jong Il regime, mm. um, and some of the the brainwashing and the propaganda that goes on over there is just inconceivable. Like she was talking about how she was fed to believe that if you had a negative thought, and obviously you can't control thoughts. Like yeah, I had a, yeah. I had a thought yesterday that I was going to boot a fucking kid in the head. Like yeah, yeah. Just, it just came to me. Yeah. It's just a it's weird just thought. A weird thought, yeah. yeah. You have no control over I just didn't have control. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, I, after I did it, I was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't the best thing. <laughs> so, no, but, like, she had this thought. Um, so, they were led to believe that if you have, like, a negative thought about Kim Jong-il or any of them, that you would be tortured in prison. And, like, think about the fucking anxiety that would create. Like, oh, I can't get out of this thought. i got to get this thought out of my head. But obviously, the more Can't resistance you build it. up to yeah, a thought, yeah, yeah. the more it overemphasizes. And, you know, they they were told that uh, Kim Jong-il can read your thoughts. They were told that he has the greatest uh, he has the greatest score for an 18-round of golf. He's, he, he was played in the <laughs> I NBA. I that was a rumor. I didn't realize that was legit. Sure it's legit. I'm pretty sure really? it's legit. Yeah, he, would, he was an NBA player. Like, genuine stuff like that. And, like, you imagine what these people are going through, even just from a mental space, you know? That's so it's insane. That's crazy. The power of propaganda is oh. crazy. Like, I remember hearing that when the Americans arrived, one of those islands, it was like a Japanese-controlled place mm. is during World War II, mm-hmm. and they took control over it. The civilians, rather than being, uh, you know, in uh, occupied by the Americans or controlled, mm. they ran off the, cl- the cliff. Because they, th- they heard all these horrible things about the Americans, yeah. how they're going to burn them alive and yep. do whatever. Yep. But they just killed themselves rather than do it because it was all the propaganda that they were fed. Yeah. And it can be so powerful. Oh, mate. I mean, hum- humans are so easily influenced and we're so, so... I mean, like, you just have to look at very, very sort of conservative religious-based cults to mm. see how... To see what people will do f- with, with, with regard to beliefs. And, yeah, I mean, even, like... The issue about ISIS, you know, we haven't heard much about it in a couple of years, but I mean, the issue with ISIS is that fundamentally it's in an idea. A couple of years, you mean a couple of months. A couple of months, A couple yeah. of weeks, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Fuck, I got too excited there. <laughs> <laughs> but like fundamentally, it's an ideology and you can't bomb an ideology. I mean, these people, I mean, I heard a story, right, that people in ISIS or people that were for the Islamic flag were running around towns, raping women so that not just for the fuck of it, but just so that the, the, the children that were to be born would grow up with the ideology of ISIS. How fucked up is that? Isn't that insane? Isn't that insane? And and this is coming from... Well, that's God's will, mate. That's I, what they believe. I know. They, but they but, but God good. also tells you not to rape and not to murder. Absolutely. But you, know? but you just get to decide what you get to prioritize. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the fucking stupid from thing. From a belief. You know, and what scares me the most is that they would look at us sitting here right now, dropping the C-bomb, dropping the F-bomb, sitting here, you know, going home to our girlfriends that don't wear burkas and stuff, and they would look at us like we are the absolute devil. 
Like, yeah. And they truly believe that we are terrible, terrible Meanwhile, people. Meanwhile, they're fucking children and all sorts of shit. Exactly. I, me- I remember talking to um, my mate Ken and he used to... How is Ken? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, good. He's good, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he was in Afghanistan as a soldier. Oh, okay. And he said... Like, yeah, he doesn't have a very high opinion of the people in, in Afghanistan. Of course. And one of the reasons he said was uh, Wednesdays, they the, the soldiers would call boy fuck Wednesdays. Because literally they'd herd little children into the mosques and fuck them. And he's just like, I just wanted to go in and just... Absolutely. Yeah, fuck it was up. very... Yeah, but... And it's, uh, it's not uncommon in a lot of cultures. And meanwhile, they they, they will supposedly espouse to have good beliefs and good values mm. and do fucked up shit at the same time. Totally, man. Totally. And be against... No, this is the crazy shit. Be against homosexuality whilst fucking men. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that happens in Saudi Arabia, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like... Apparently, it's like the gay capital of the world. Like, no shit. Yeah. Because the guys... They can't do anything. They but can't, not from they a liberal can't, perspective, eh? Like no, well, they can't go. They can't go to shopping centres. Mm. They can't go to bars. They can't go to clubs. They can't meet other women. Yeah, and most of the women they can't look at either. Mm. Mm. So they just end up fucking each other. No it's like shit. it's like being in a prison. It's a prison. Yep. It's like being in a prison. So yep. it's like a. I guess like homosexual. Like it's it's like you're a prison fag. Yeah, exactly. Basically, exactly. you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. at the same time they'll be against homosexuality yeah. and they'll they'll stone people to death for being homosexuals. So isn't that interesting? Because I, I feel like and this is just a very ignorant perspective on it, but like oh, join the club mate. Yeah, exactly. Just I'm ignorant know. as you are. Yeah, that's right. I never know who my own. It's all just shit I've heard. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. I'm mate, I'm washing my hands of this. <laughs> I don't even know who I am. No, but like I, from the sounds of things, it sounds like they'd be sort of like against homosexual homosexuality in terms of making love to a man and like yeah. actually loving another man because that's wrong in sort of some sort of like ancient religious scripture. But fucking another dude, well, that's manly, you know. Or that's I, just I just like, don't understand how you can make those distinctions. You can't. You absolutely can't. It's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's me. That's me sorted. <laughs> it's it's like it's alright to fuck a guy, but it's not alright to be in love with him while yeah. you're fucking him. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. God loves me. God loves I me. Hate God loves this. me. Yeah. God, I hate this. God, I hate oh. this. Yeah. Oh, but it feels good. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Gerald. <laughs> Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Come on. Oh my God. I'm I- so straight right now. <laughs> I'm very straight. <laughs> I guess that's what people must have been like in the fifties. Oh yeah. Because, I mean, it's just like there's way more gay people these days. And obviously, they were always gay. Mm-hmm. Of course. I mean, uh, I don't understand. Well, people, that's the thing about that. People must have just been lifting, living in very, I don't know, shit relationships. Totally. Totally. Well, I mean, this is why, this is what amazes me about the human race is like, we live for 100 years, right? And that'd be a great lifespan. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very good. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 90 to 100 years, right? So in that time of life where we can we see the universe completely through our own eyes, we come up with these policies and, and, uh, and ideals that are completely related to the world as we see it today, right? Mm-hmm. A thousand years ago, which is nothing. I mean, we've been around... Homo sapiens have been around for two million years, I believe. No, not that long. Uh, is it not? Oh, maybe no, 500,000 or... No, I think it was like 200,000 is like yes. the the latest, I mean, like yes. the oldest human skeleton they've discovered. That's true. So, we could yep. be older than that. Yes. But 
So far, that's as old as they think we are. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, but look, so so consciousnesses have been around for probably less than that. I don't know. I think um, Eastern Europeans or ancient Eastern mysticism, European mysticism, believes that consciousness comes around when the, with the development of the pineal gland, mm. well, after forty days in the womb or something. But it's probably, I don't know. You know, we've been around for a little bit longer. Anyway, what I'm saying is that. All these ideals and thoughts, you know, with regard to anything, man, like fucking sexuality, policy, like, you know, what's attractive to people, it changes all the time, you know? 100%. And it's just like, how can you... How I mean, can the you... ancient Greeks were fucking each other all that's the time. Right. Like, that's exactly like what I was going to say. Guys were going to bang each other all the time. It was yeah. totally normal. It was normal. It in was fact, normal. In fact, it was like, ugh, I got to make, I got to have sex with women, but, you know, because I got to have kids and stuff. Yes. But they, a lot of times, I actually preferred the company of men. Absolutely, yeah. And it was so normal back then. Totally, man. Totally. Like, but it, it's just like you know, Christi- Christianity yep. and and these sort of Abrahamic religions yep. are the most dominant now. Uh, yeah, religions now. But yep. back in the day, it was completely different gods, yep. completely different beliefs. Belief and another systems. hundred or two hundred years, we'll have another set of completely different beliefs. Exactly. Who knows what it'll be? Hopefully, we'll all be in like fucking Star Trek. Yeah, that's fucked. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So this is why I can't, I can't, I can, I can never get a rare religion. Like I, I'm just, I'm so content going. Well, we all know nothing, and the reason that I know that you know nothing is because I know nothing, and yeah. I'm no different from you. Exactly. So just relax and just try to be not a cunt. Yeah, exactly. And then you're okay. You know, like we'll be fine. I, like even even people that are, you know, not that religious, but still believe in a God and all this sort of stuff. Like, how do you possibly say that? Like, how can you say that? Uh, spirituality is a cool, was a cool thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a very spiritual person. Like, meditation's huge for me. I yeah. definitely believe in like energy, but all all that's kind of science based. Like, I believe in the understanding of attraction and energy in the universe giving you signs because we're all stardust and we're all just clusters of atoms mm. and we know that from a scientific perspective that atoms do have um attraction negative charged particles positively charged particles like neutrons electrons and stuff yeah. you know they attract towards each other so i believe in like i mean who knows you and i are probably good mates we kicked it off pretty quickly maybe because we were connected as a comet billions of years ago who knows like that's a, <laughs> that's a big fuck, thing to say. i know that's crazy I've shit just blown my God. <laughs> you blew your own mind. Blew my own mind. Yeah. But I mean, so that sort of stuff, definitely I would look into further. But... Um, well, look, I think know. with religion, mate, if you if you look at it as simply as like, if you take everything literally, mm. it makes no fucking You're sense. You're done. You're done. It, it, everything in there is like metaphorical. Totally. It, as far as I'm concerned. Totally. I mean, like... Yeah, it's parable. Yeah, it's it, basically. It's, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like where can, how can you derive meaning from those stories? Absolutely. And there's more to them if you actually analyze them. Absolutely. But if you take it literally as in, oh, God created the world in seven days. Yep. And then he had a rest on Sunday because was There was actually a flood. <laughs> there was actually a flood. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and all this shit actually happened. Yep. I just don't think you're going to get anywhere. Well- But it's like- Speaking on that flood thing, have yeah. you looked into Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, oh, I think that's- it's an awesome theory. Yeah, I'd love it theory. to be true. Yeah. I mean, the idea of lost civilizations <sighs> and it's the insane. fact that there have been really advanced civilizations well before us, I think I think uh, there have been. I, totally I, I think the evidence to me seems pretty conclusive yep. that there are like, you know... We are w- creatures w- of the When they thought we were still hunter-gatherers, we actually had very advanced societies. Yep, absolutely. I mean, uh, even... Um, 
on this uh, this book that I'm reading now, they're talking about mm. a, uh, a civilization in Crete before the Greek civilization. Oh, right. And this civilization existed like 3,000 years before the pyramids were constructed. Yeah, that's fucked. When we still thought people were hunter-gatherers, yes. basically. Yes, And they found evidence that this society was really advanced. They had like really complex astrological uh, things yep. and like they had plumbing and... This is like well before the Romans, yeah, well yeah. before the Egyptians, yep. and these advanced societies lived, and they dominated the whole area. And this yep. is, and that's where all Greek mythology came from. These people, I can't mm. remember what they were called, the the Metanites or something like that. Okay. Anyway, yep. they were from Crete, and from from that, all all the ideas we have now mm. came from the ancient Greeks, of like course. democracy. Uh, yep. Uh, what else? Trial by jury. Yeah, exactly. A lot of these yeah. ideas came from the ancient Greeks, and they and those ideas came from an even more ancient people. Yep, totally, man. So we think we're so advanced, but I don't agree with that. I I, I would go as far as to say that we are not the most advanced the human race has ever been before. I would say I think I think technologically we might be the most advanced. But how's this though? So the the pyramid, right? The the pyramids of Giza are set up. In the exact same way, so so everyone thought that would just be your, um, burial sites and and you know things like that to store a lot of gold and all that sort of shit. If you take the Nikola Tesla, so the Tesla Tower, right? So Nikola Tesla was the first person to invent. He he founded, if you want to call it that, electricity. So mm. Thomas Edison figured out a way to AC DC current. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So he conducted it. Thomas Edison, I think, made the light bulb last for like sixteen hours or something. But Tesla was the person who actually came across the you know electricity in yeah, a sense yeah. and he built this thing in the late 1800s i believe called the tesla tower which was just a massive conductor so it was just like a way to derive so it was built near a river or something and it was like a way to conduct electricity through through water okay he could conduct electricity wirelessly as well as yeah oh, just oh no shit wirelessly no shit yeah and he, he actually had proof of him being able to do it. The only yeah. problem, he was such a genius, he never wrote anything down. Exactly. It was all exactly. in his head. And Tesla, yeah. But anyway, what's that got to do with the power? So the, the pyramids? Thing is, right. So yeah. the Tesla Tower is pretty much like a perfect rendition of the pyramids of Giza. So there's strong evidence to suggest that the Egyptians had electricity. It like, it ran, the pyramids used to run, like there was this thing that like runs from the Nile. There's like a conductor of electricity. So, like, who's to say that they didn't fucking have podcasts and shit? TVs and that. Like, obviously, like, um, you know. Welcome to Egyptian yeah. Radio. Hello. Hello. Welcome to. No, I think that was more Borat. <laughs> it's more Borat. In Kazakhstan, we have electricity. <laughs> so, like. Very much potassium. Yeah. My wife, Shia Ho. <laughs> Welcome to Adventure Fit Radio. <laughs> I don't know. Like, maybe I'm drawing, clutching at straws. Yeah, but no, no, look. Yeah, I, we just I, don't know. But, yeah, you just speculate. I mean, yeah. we're all just speculating. I would love for that shit to be true. Mm. I mean, who knows? We we might discover that that's true at some mm. stage. But I, I, no one actually knows what the fuck the, totally. the pyramids were for. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And who's but, to know? But it's interesting because so many civilizations construct pyramids. Yeah. Why is that? Exactly. Exactly. Like, See, what is it all... about the shape of a pyramid? Yep. You got all the things in like Mexico. Yep. And then you have, they've discovered... They've discovered uh, Mate, more pyramids, pyramids in Indonesia. Indonesia. Hey, yeah, yeah, same absolutely. one. Yep. And it's like, well, what is it about pyramids? Exactly Is it right. just a, an aesthetically pleasing shape or does it actually yeah. have a function? Well, to half the uh, half the population, it's uh, pretty pretty pleasing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. <laughs> but look, this I mean, this is why this is evidence of um, why Graham Hancock and Randall well Randall Carson is much more into sort of the cataclysmic um, theories of mm. comets hitting the Earth and causing these huge floods of. Where Noah's Ark was, I guess, was derived yeah, from. Hancock's so, all about lost civilizations. He's basically. all about lost civilizations. But, and for everybody listening at home, obviously you know this, mate, but like Graham Hancock, and I urge you guys to look him up. Graham Hancock, I've read Magicians of the Gods, but his books are amazing. They're so mind-blowing because you're like, fuck, that is an amazing theory with a lot of weight to support it, you know? Yeah. But uh, I think his thing was that after the huge floods of, it was called the Younger Dryas Epoch, where this huge comet, there's tons of evidence to support it, came down, hit the earth, caused a massive flood, and then um, we lost all of our knowledge, I guess, you know, of yeah. pre of all that time. And he believes that there were people, uh, and there's a lot of evidence in different civilizations at that time that were supposedly, in quotations, isolated. There was a lot of evidence to suggest that people with the ancient knowledge sailed the world to try to hold on to this sort of stuff. And that's why you see a lot of the, the sim, you see similar architecture around the world. You see pyramids, you see, I mean, the fucking hairs on Christmas Island. You see, yeah. you know, all those things up in Scotland and, and, and Northern England because these people were trying to conserve all of the knowledge that they had from ancient times so that we wouldn't go back. Yeah. But, who I mean, it's fu- a, Who the fuck knows? Who but, knows? But the thing is, a lot of civilizations do have a flood they do. A flood story. They do. They all have it, even in different religions. Although, you could you could either say... I mean, floods themselves are not an uncommon thing. No. And the a, the idea of like a great flood yes. is an interesting thought. It yes. could just be that humans have a very similar sort of imagination. Exactly. And they look up to the stars for answers and they go... Yeah. I mean, what would you do back at that time? You look up at the stars and you go, what the fuck And then you make things? up stories to exactly. tell your children to exactly. entertain them. You don't have books and shit. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. So, it, it could just be common themes that are like throughout civilization that we find interesting. Totally. Or it could be an actual event. And you see, you see that like with religion... Uh, if you take the literal concept of the birth of Christ, where three kings followed a star who was obviously Jesus, or the three kings followed a star and that gave birth to Christ. Mm. Well, if you look up in the stars uh, in the summer solstice, there are three, there are three stars mm. that face what's called the Star of Orion, which uh, from memory, this could be a little bit of pseudoscience, but um, pseudo-astrology. <laughs> pseudo-astrology. Yeah, it's like three stars face which called the Star of Orion, which on the summer solstice uh, is directly adjacent to the sun, which rises on Christmas morning, the 25th of December. I mean, like, if that, from what I'm saying, is the evidence, I mean, pfft, that's yeah. was there a baby Jesus? Like, oh, I don't know. It, the, the thing is, I think a lot of times people, like make the story fit their theory yeah a lot of um, or, or like yeah I, I don't know it's like it's like this lost civilization mm. idea maybe he looks for evidence to prove himself right oh, which is the problem with science in general of course is that you set out with an intention to prove something yep so you're gonna find information to prove to support it. that yeah, yeah we all to do support it, it. And, and you don't publish information that doesn't prove exactly. your theory exactly and that's the irony of scientists where they say I mean they're, they're like, like every scientist general core value or mission statement is we look at the evidence until we're proven wrong but 
the majority of evidence suggests a theory, and these are the theories that but we. They come don't up publish with. Pla- papers but that prove that say actually nothing happened. Well, because I mean, from an ambitious perspective, they're all after their own gain. Exactly. If they come up with a theory, like everyone wants to be the Edison, or everyone wants to be the the, the Einstein. Well, you know, a lot of scientists these days work at fucking unis. Yeah. And they need to keep getting more funding, so Absolutely. they need to prove things. They're not going to go to the uni with failed experiments, are mm. they? No, exactly. I mean, they're, they're not going to get... They won't be able to support their family. No, That's exactly. right, yeah. I mean, even even Ed, uh, Einstein's theory of relativity, which is like the gold standard of like theories, falls or faults based on the existence of black holes from memory. So it's kind what? of like... It's gravity, the yeah. theory of... Um, no, I think I thought he was the guy who came up with the idea of black holes because it was the only thing that explained... The th- How is his theory? Yeah, but wasn't it that he... Um, I think he was the first person to postulate to the existence of... No, he didn't discover them. No. He postulated the existence of black holes because it was the only logical explanation for right. how the universe could work. Because of black holes. Yeah. So yeah. how's that though? I have no fucking idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I thought, I thought it was something... Oh, yes. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because uh, last year, they actually measured gravitational waves in a black hole, which after obviously decades, supported Einstein's original understanding yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, fuck, that's amazing, isn't it? I know. Well, the, 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 this guy just sat there in his couch yeah. and just like, well, <sighs> this this has to be true. Yeah, exactly. I fuck, I'll never understand that genius. Meanwhile, I can't even understand his concepts. Exactly, yeah. Exactly I can't even right. get my fucking head around it. Yeah. And he thought it up. Yeah, I mean, to come up with, like, a mathematical equation for energy is fucked up. Like, energy equal, equals MC squared or whatever. To, 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 like, to, to figure out that, like, energy would, like, mass would somehow come into that and acceleration would come into that is just phenomenal. I know. Like, it's phenomenal. Oh, it, it's phenomenal that, that there are people that existed that were that fucking smart. Yeah. Like, apparently, Isaac Newton is, like, the smartest dude who's, oh, like, ever existed, absolutely. basically. Yep. The only problem with him is he was also obsessed with alchemy. Yeah. Which is like... Which is a wet... Ma- like making, it's, a f- it's fed out. Turning other things into gold. And he... I think he did a lot of experimenting with mercury. Mm. So he, and mercury makes you insane. Yep. So he actually became crazy. Yeah, but also too, as a kid, he was working, I'm pretty sure, as like a, um, as like a coal digger. So like he was working for some real prick and he kept like... Um, he was just subject to a lot of fumes and a lot of like poisonous coal things and stuff and it kind of cooked his head a bit. But he was also, I remember I was watching uh, The Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. And uh, they showed Isaac Newton and uh, he, he, he was the first person to look at the sun through a, a cylindrical prism or a prism. Mm. And you know how when you look at it through a glass prism, uh, all the spectrum of light is just diversed. And you see every shade. You see a rainbow. Yeah. And that's ultimately how we discover. That's how we can tell if other planets in our solar system, and obviously now with microscopes, interstellar speaking, that's how we can tell if uh, planets have the potential for life. So what it is, right, you can look at our own Earth and you can look through a prism and there's black lines through all the colors of the spectrums of the rainbow. And those black lines means it, it shows us what gases are interfering with the light coming from the sun. So for example, 
and this is, again, I'm pretty sure this is correct. Yeah. But I'm not 100% perfect on it. Yeah, yeah. But like if you're looking at our own earth and you shine a prism in the sun, yeah, you look at the different spectrums of light, where there's black lines shows what gases are interfering with the sun coming through to our earth. So it's like our, our earth is made up of a lot of, obs, a lot, obviously a lot of carbon dioxide, a lot of methane, there's a lot of oxygen, all mm. that sort of stuff. Those evident in the black lines. So, carbon dioxide, so that for tells example. you if, if a life ha- can sustain, exactly. if a planet exactly. can sustain life. Because yeah. we know that for, for life as we know it, we need oxygen. Carbon dioxide is obviously what we throw out. Methane as well. That's nitrogen. Obvious. Yeah, nitrogen, absolutely. So we can see that. And if we look through a prism or to some degree uh, at other planets and it goes, oh, black life for carbon dioxide. Oh, fuck, nitrogen's there as well. This could harness life. Fuck. So that's how they do it. Because I, I always wondered how they actually work that out. Yeah. I'm like, it's fucking millions of years away. Absolutely. How could you possibly fucking know that? Exactly. Or exactly. How, could you, how could you work out how big it is? Yes. Oh, that's right. I know. Well, the, way, the reason they work out how big it is is, again, E equals MC squared, which is the effect the mass has on surrounding matter. So it's, it's insane, man. Like, think about Jupiter. Jupiter is literally our security guard. Jupiter's mass is so big that it pulls in comets on a direct path to Earth because its mass... Yeah, so the greater it the mass, them in. the greater yeah. the gravity. Yeah. So if it wasn't for Jupiter, we'd be fucked. How insane is that? Like, we also need the moon. Oh, if we absolutely. didn't have the moon, we'd be fucked. Tides are gone. Yeah, tides yep. are gone. Yep. We wouldn't have... And I think it's... Correct me if I'm wrong, but if we didn't have tides, we wouldn't have like wind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, totally, man. Totally. So we'd be cooked. Yeah, we'd be fucked. Yep. So if everything wasn't exactly ordered the way it is, yep. Earth would not survive. Exactly. Which is, I, I guess, I mean, I, I, you know, we we're talking about, I think, last podcast how the extraterrestrial life has to exist somewhere mm. in the infinite universe. Yeah. It does make it less likely. Yes. When you consider the fact that the environment needs to be perfect yeah everything needs to be just right in yeah. order to sustain life that we need for sure for sure life that we need yeah. yeah yeah i mean it could sustain other life yes yes but that's pretty fucking useless for us isn't it yeah. but you know what's interesting about that and there's two ways like there's two tangents i want to talk about here number one like we're in the fucking deep zone now <laughs> mate i'm full bar <laughs> it's like so right so you look at all the factors that led to the existence of life on this earth right and it's insanely insanely minimal hmm. but a beautiful analogy for that so, and then people would go how can you tell me there's no god i mean the fact that we're even talking here today is beyond reason like it everything had to happen perfectly a comet had to collide with earth that put the moon in that exact place to keep tides flowing you know, like jupiter had to be there like it's just phenomenal hmm. okay take this analogy for example you look at a puddle of water a puddle of water on the ground if that puddle became self-aware and goes, oh my God, I had to, I had to have been created by something. I fit this little crack in the ground perfectly. <laughs> yeah. I had to be created. No, you didn't, you fuckwit. You're just a puddle of water on the ground. The universe doesn't owe you anything. You're just there, you know? Yeah. It's like looking at, looking at it from the backwards way. It's like, these sunglasses fit my eyes perfectly. I mean... Uh, these sunglasses had to have been created for me. No, it's not. It's actually we adapted. It, it was, no, but it wasn't necessary. Sub- this is the thing. Mm. We're talking about light, like just the creation of light. It could be a complete accident that yeah. we're here, and but something. I, I don't uh, argue with people saying that like something has to, had to have made the conditions something that allowed us oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. exist. Totally. I don't think 
I never think in terms of God made this shit for me. Yes. You know, like I think I think it's the wrong way of looking at it. But so it's I a don't non-creationist think perspective. God yeah. allowed. God invented the universe, for example, and yeah. then he just sat back, and the universe happened. Yeah, he wasn't expecting God, to make humans. And God could doesn't necessarily mean like some dude in the sky. Yeah, no, no. It just means like the source of all life. Yes, let's say totally. I mean, based on you know sort of the old uh, definition of a god, mm-hmm. you know, like Zeus or whatever. Yeah, the Earth that we live on is a god, mm. isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's Mother just, Earth. It's, it creates all life. Yep. Life as we understand it all comes from Earth. I mean, we're like, we're, we come from the same particles mm. that we, you know, mm. we, we're eventually going to die. We'll go back into the Earth and that will grow plants. And then we're, exactly. we're all, we are just the Earth and the Earth is kind of like a God. Yeah, I for suppose. sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's so totally really, I, th- I think just think of God as in just an energy source. Yeah, same. So do I. And I, I think it's good to, I think spirituality is really important because it, it, um, it uh, derives a sense of um, humility when you're like, if you're praying or if you're meditating or if you're just being mindful of your surroundings, it's important because humans by definition are self-centered beings, mm. you know? And like, if you're getting anxious or you're getting angry or you just, you know, everything that happens to me is in my own perspective. You know, yeah. I'm, you're in my life right now. Yeah. You know, I'm in your life right now. We're not two people in a room because I can't see it any other way. Yeah. But if you're, spiritual or you're praying or you're just just putting your energy to something else out there you you almost have this like disassociation from identity mm. and that's really really empowering just to recognize other things I, th- I think I think religion for people it just gives people some bearings yeah exactly you know, like yeah. on how to live life I mm. mean like they might not necessarily be perfect but it, it ge- at least gives you an idea mm. of how to conduct yourself yeah uh, you and you could disagree with it yeah for sure but but at least it gives some people some parameters to live by. Totally. Because as we know, life's fucking... I mean, we have unlimited options. We can do anything. Mm. We need to be given like some rules on how to play the game. Yeah. If you understand. I mean, it's like uh, Jordan Peterson gives a good example. Mm. He he goes up to someone in the class and he goes, let's play a game. You go first. Mm-hmm. Person just sits there and goes, well, what fucking game are we playing? Yeah. He's like, See? I need to define the parameters before we can play. Yeah. And that and that's basically a yes. lot of the belief systems that we have. What is the meaning it's of life? It's just like- What am I doing? Okay, start from here. Yep. This is where you start from and then you can sort of create and like expand those boundaries a little bit more. Yeah. But at least I give, I'm giving you a fucking idea. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's what scares people, isn't it? People don't know what to do. Yeah. They're, we're born and we're like, we're, we're born in like- just this time, you know, the, we, we have no beginning and end. We're, we're, we're logical. We have no beginning and end. We're trying to, we have the answer to a very, very, very challenging maths equation. And we're trying to work back to figure out what the right question to ask is. Mm. And that's scary. Like, it's hard, man. Like, you can really get trapped in this in this philosophical black hole, you know, so to speak, because it's, I don't know who I am, really. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. And I don't know what the answer to all this is. I know. So we're so ignorant. You know, know. we're so ignorant. And I know. Like- it's like, I feel like a lot of really smart clued on people don't bother asking those questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't think about it. No. It's just like, well, I, I don't worry about that shit. Mm. I just, I know, I know what I want to do with my life. I know mm. it makes me happy. So that's what we're going to do. Exactly. And that was my next point is that like, this is why I believe it's so important to, important to 
have a certain degree of self-awareness so that you understand what makes you ha- what makes you happy and what makes you sad. And obviously, being happy is the pinnacle of living life. Yeah. So you just got to do more shit that aligns with that. You know exactly. But if you if you weren't given parameters, you wouldn't know what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. It get it just allows you to I don't know fucking I reckon sort out life a mm. little quicker. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Instead well, think, of taking yeah. 20 years to figure out what you like and what you don't like, you'd yeah. be like, oh, from the get-go, at least i got a fucking clue. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, the self, path to self-discovery is one that it's inevitable to everyone. Mm. And that's why it's so tough sometimes because you're essentially just trialing and erring without even knowing you're trialing and erring. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm much more self-aware and happy now than I was three, four years ago playing footy and trying to hit on chicks all the time. Uh, in five years' time, I could be even more self-aware and go, fuck, you know what? I actually want to be a Catholic priest. And yeah. then from, I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, you have no idea. Something could happen, you know? Yeah, who the fuck knows where you'll be in five years? Exactly. I didn't think I'd be here in five years. Yeah, what, in this house? Well, I, I didn't know where the <laughs> fuck I would be. I, I hope I'd be a bit more successful than I've been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've just, just been, been bubbling like- through life for like five years <laughs> yeah. doing fuck all. I know. But I think that's a lot of people. Exactly. Know? I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that sort of stuff. Mate. How long have we been doing this? We've been doing this for an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was hoping it was going to be... Four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit. I've got a bit. <laughs> On the cup. Should we call it? Yeah, let's call it there. Yeah. All right. Good well, discussion. Catsy, um, what's your takeaway for uh, from the show? What do you reckon? One one bit... How about we give the, the listeners one bit of advice based on all that? Oh, fuck me. I'm probably the wrong person to give advice, <laughs> mate. I'm just as... Don't look, look, the other Okay. <laughs> I'd just say, you know, just just be aware that everyone around you is going through the same shit that you're going mm. through. Like, you're not experiencing anything different. Mm. We're all just as confused as one another. Yep. We're all just trying to figure out some life. Some sexually. Yeah, some sexually. <laughs> We're all just trying to figure out life and trying to do our best. Mm. And so, if you, I don't know, guess if you're going through hard times or you fucking don't know what you're doing, mm. don't worry, you're not alone mm. and you work it out. Yeah, for sure. And I think... Um, yeah, I, th- I think just going off that for my bit of advice is that I think it's really important to keep an open mind because if you 100% believe that this is what it is or this is what it is, someone next to you would have just as much merit to say the opposite, you know? So it's about, you know, rebounding ideas off people and just exploring some, some fucking good conversation. Fuck yeah. All right. Until next week, guys, that is a wrap. Alrighty, guys. I hope you enjoyed that show. That was a fucking epic show that me and Dan uh, scrolled out. We were two coffees in and frothing on live. So, guys, head to uh, iTunes to give us a rating and review. It pumps us up the uh, the, the ratings list there. So, uh, if you like the show and you like what we do, then help us help you. Head to www.audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio. Get yourself a free credit and a book to get yourself more educated and smart. Guys, head to www.adventurefittravel.com. Ton of good trips lined up for y'all. Use the code word radio to get 10% off all merch and stay tuned for everything we do here at Adventure Fit Radio. Until next week, bye-bye for now.